Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast on mental health for folks of color. I'm your host, John Zell Anderson, licensed professional counselor. I'm the owner of Panoramic Counseling, where I specialize in treating teens and young adults in Richmond, Virginia, and throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia through online counseling. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to share the first book review of a fiction book on this podcast. And the book is called Black Brother, Black Brother. It is written by Joelle Parker Rhodes. And the story is written probably for like a middle to high school uh, reading age. However, um, the content and the messages within this book are universal for all ages. And I'm definitely going to um, encourage my daughter to read this or read it to her um, as she gets older, because there's just so much good stuff packed into it. So before I get started on the review, I want to give a little bit of backstory about the author interrupting this recording after the fact. I, as I was editing this episode, I realized that I've been mispronouncing the author's name. So I'm pretty sure her name is pronounced Jewel instead of Joel. And in the original episode, you'll hear me refer to the author as he. That's because I misread and mispronounced the name. So um, I just thought I would jump in and correct that. So let me get back into the show. Joel Parker Rhodes, he actually wrote this book. The storyline was inspired by the fact that he has two biracial children, one of whom presents as lighter fair skinned and the other who presents as darker. Same genetic makeup, but the presentation um, shows up differently. And he notes how they have very different experiences because of that. And this entire book is focusing on the themes of racism and colorism that exist within society. Um, And before I get into talking specifically about this story, one of the citations that the author makes uh, at the very end of the book, I think it's the afterword of the book, he uh, notes the research done by Angelica Doss, uh, who found that there are over 4,000 skin tones um, and that it is mathematically impossible to reduce humans down to a black-white binary, uh, which I thought was really interesting to kind of kick off this conversation. Um, So let me give you a quick synopsis of uh, Black Brother, Black Brother. The, The title actually comes from a racist slur that one of the characters in the book uh, has thrown at him um, throughout his experience. But um, for the the nutshell of what this book is about, there are two brothers uh, in this book, uh, Dante and Trey, and they uh, their mother is black and their father is white. And Dante and Trey were born just about a year apart. However, Dante presents with dark skin and Trey presents with very fair skin 
and features like his dad. So Dante looks a lot like his mother who has more African features and Trey looks very close to his dad, fair skin, straight blonde hair, but they are from the same parents. And I just love this premise of the story because I'm biracial and, you know, in my upbringing, I, you know, got questions from people like, well, what are you? Uh, And, you know, from a young age, kids didn't understand that a person can be mixed with white and black. Um, And so there was like pressure to fit into a certain box. Now that I'm a parent, my wife is Caucasian and our daughter is biracial, but she presents as very fair skinned. Um, This type of story is immediately grabbed my attention because I know that my daughter will, though based on society, will present as white. Uh, if somebody doesn't know her, you know, that I'm her father or something like that. Um, but she will probably get confused questions from her peers and stuff like that. So, um, anyway, bringing it back to, and I'll discuss more about that later, but bringing it back to Dante and Trey, the, the story line makes it very clear how Dante, the darker brother, um, deals with bullying, racism, and discrimination by peers and adults in his life, whereas Trey, the fair-skinned brother, um, almost gets like a a golden child um, existence uh, from the very same people who discriminate against his brother. Um, He gets to enjoy the benefits of white privilege, and um, the... The thing is, uh, he's Dante is constantly compared to Trey. They're like, why can't you be like your brother? Um, and Trey is very popular. Um, and everyone is always trying to compare the darker brother to Trey, saying, why can't you be like him? Why, you know, uh, he's, he's basically uh, treated as if he's unwanted because they go to this prestigious... Uh, private uh, prep school. Um, And the characters, I believe um, Dante is in the seventh grade, and I think Trey is in the eighth grade um, in this story. So to jump in, I'm going to share some quotes from the book that kind of give you a snapshot of some of the themes that are covered in the book. And I'll also give uh, some commentary. Um, So this is just going to be a one-episode book review, so I'm going to try to keep it uh, concise and to the point. But to jump in, quote, I hate the school, I say softly, slowly, trying to make them understand. Hate that no matter what goes wrong, I'm at fault. Some guy overturns a chair, it's my fault. My locker is broken into, my supplies scattered, dumped in the trash, my books ripped, I get detention, and a library fine. In gym, playing ball, I get called for fouls all the time, but nobody is called when I'm fouled. Everybody here bullies me, teachers, students. 
Whispers, sometimes outright shouts, follow me. Seems like everyone has something bad to say. You dress thug. Your dreads are dreadful. Why can't you be like your brother? Can your brother find you in the dark? I breathe. It hurts. All of it. End quote. And so that quote gives a, a good overview of the types of discrimination and comparison that the character Dante has to, to face on a day-to-day basis. And the, the main conflict in the story uh, comes when, you know, Dante basically gets really frustrated with this discrimination and he does a very harmless thing, but it gets blown out of proportion. So I'll read the, the quote of kind of how this plays out, but basically he's been blamed for something he didn't do. Once again, he's called into the headmaster's office and he expresses frustration by slamming his book bag down and then everything escalates from there. I had mentioned before, this is one of the, this is the first fiction book that I've reviewed on this podcast. Uh, One of my friends actually had recommended that I start reviewing novels on the podcast that kind of covers uh, these topics. And I think that was a a great uh, suggestion. So thank you, Susan. But I really like that I'll be able to have a resource, a a novel, a book to recommend to my young clients. I work with um, a lot of clients who are in middle and high school, and they face this discrimination uh, within the school systems in my area where, you know, basically black and brown students are disciplined at higher rates, uh, suspended, um, expelled way higher than their, you know, non-melanated counterparts. So uh, this is definitely a very realistic and uh, important issue that um, needs to be talked about. And I think it was so well done uh, in this novel. So let me share the the snippet about kind of the, the conflict that occurs in this book. So, quote, I hate being me. Disgusted, I swing my backpack. Bam, it slams at my feet. Call security, says Mr. Waters. Mrs. K backs away. She's scared. Of me? I cringe. No, the police, says the headmaster. He's done with me. The plan all along. Get me out of Middlefield Prep. End quote. That part of the book is very important because it highlights the fact that there is a system called the school to prison pipeline. And that is when disciplinary action for students of color gets escalated way higher than it would be for a white student for the same offense in the same school. Um, And there's different viewpoints on policing and its role in the school system. Uh, When I was growing up, most of the schools that I went to had a police officer that was called the resource officer. Um, I never had any encounters myself, but um, 
I, I definitely witnessed some things. But the, the problem here is that this is a, it's a very minor thing, right? Like, uh, of course, no one's listening to the fact that he's frustrated that he's been discriminated, bullied, uh, people throw racial slurs at him calling him the black brother all the time like they call him black brother black brother they like taunt um and anyone who recalls middle school or has worked in a middle school or has someone going through middle school um i personally believe that middle schoolers are uh the the types of bullying and things that they go through it is way worse um than even some of the things that happen in high school. So um, definitely realistic. But um, yeah, that that school to prison pipeline is, you know, schools are calling the actual police on students for these sorts of things, something that's deemed as threatening or aggressive, right? Whereas if they weren't a person of color, it likely wouldn't go that far. And not only that, but they're being arrested and put in handcuffs in front of their their peers, which is a trauma. And then they're having to go into the legal system. That's a school to to prison pipeline. Um, Often being suspended and expelled from school. um, And really their voice is not heard. So um, that that is kind of the premise of this book. So um, the mother of Dante and Trey, uh, she's black, and she actually is a lawyer. Um, so here's a quote that she says in the book, and I'm going to kind of give a little bit of commentary on it. So quote, mom says, being well educated is the best way to fight prejudice. And now I wonder, if I'm smart enough for middle field prep, and I am, how come they still suspended me and had me jailed, end quote. So when I heard that uh, part where the mom says being well-educated is the best way to fight prejudice, I, I cringed as an initial reaction, and then I, uh, I was listening to the Audible uh, version of the book, so I rewound it and listened to it again, and it didn't sit right with me. Um, obviously, I am a you know black biracial uh, guy that is well educated. I have a master's degree, um, but in my experience, being well educated doesn't necessarily uh, protect you or safeguard you from prejudice. I've shared. Um, uh, on my blog, and I think on this podcast too, that I had a whole master's degree. Um, the time that I was basically stopped by a, a Richmond City police officer, and it, he he basically told me like I have the ability to end your life. Um, the fact that I had a master's degree, was well educated, was a resident in counseling, working towards licensure. None of that was even, you know, you don't have like a a tattoo on your face that says all of that. He saw me as a young um, black man. I was wearing a hoodie and sweatpants driving my car. Uh, I was a Lyft and Uber driver um, just making uh, side income, you know. Um, So when I heard that about like being well-educated is the best way to fight prejudice, I... um, 
yeah, I, I cringed a little bit, but also I think um, if you have the full context of the book, you'll kind of understand how that is unpacked a little bit more. Uh, but you'll have to to read the book to kind of figure out how that goes. But um, there's a few more um, quotes here that I'm going to share that just kind of show uh, Trey and Dante's experiences of looking different with the same genetics and trying to have to explain themselves to other people and also talking about the the differences in privilege and the risks of simply having a different skin tone because of how ingrained racism is in our society. Um, so I'm going to start with the first one here. Quote, Trey skin is like dad's. Mine is like mom's. Brothers, students at Middlefield Prep think we're funny. How can you be brothers? But it's Alan who punishes, who makes me being darker than my brother a crime. End quote. So Alan, the character, is a uh, affluent white student at this prep school, and he is the epitome of racism, entitlement, um, and not having any, uh, having to have any accountability for, you know, the hate speech and the, um, the trauma that he's causing, uh, Dante on a daily basis. Um, and so here, the next quote is one where, uh, Dante is kind of pondering the, uh, the tug of war that kind of goes on in the mind of a, uh, a biracial person who is having to navigate the two parts of their identity and how society will treat you a certain way based on the way that your skin tone presents. And um, I've shared before, but my own experience of being biracial, um, I definitely felt very validated uh, by the story. Um, and you know, with my daughter, um, presenting as more fair skinned, I mean, I've already had instances where, um, people will say things that implies that she's not mine. You know, I, I go on walks through my neighborhood or, um, I'll be out or something and people will just, you know, of course my child is gorgeous and people comment on how cute she is, but they'll be like, is she yours or are you babysitting? Like I've gotten things like that. And I, I think as she gets older and has awareness of those sorts of things, resources like this, like a book that kind of, um, you know, validates navigating, um, two parts of your identity will be very, um, good for her to have and, so yeah, let me let me jump into this to kind of show some of these um, opposing viewpoints. So quote, Dad and Trey acting tough isn't scary. Me, I could get killed. I shudder. Is this only going to get worse as I get older? Contradictions rattle. Be tough, don't be tough. Don't be tough, get bullied. Be black. Tough can get you killed. I shake my head. Bullies, prejudiced, ignorant people make life hard. Alan's all three. A prejudiced, ignorant bully. Problem is, 
He doesn't have to think. He has to be better, do better. No solution, only danger for me, end quote. And so then later on, Trey and Dante are, um, they're doing the sport that is really popular at this prep school is fencing. As far as the story is concerned, fencing is uh, something that the bully Alan is really good at. And so Dante uh, wants to get good at that so that he can beat his bully um, in fencing. And it's very symbolic because fencing, you have a mask on, like you're covered. It's just you and the other person and what you look like doesn't matter. It's about your skill and agility. So um, when um, Trey and Dante are uh, at the Boys and Girls Club, there's some younger kids there and they're, you know, like I explained before, um, younger kids may not understand how different uh, skin tones can present with people that are related to each other. So let me just read this part. Quote, Jamil, one of the third graders, points at Trey, asking, how come you're white and he's not? Is Dante adopted? Nope, we're biracial. Our mom's black, our dad's white. Zara says, they're like me and Zion, sharing genes from the same parents. It's science. DNA. Zion and me were born right after one another. Twins. Except you're a girl and he's a boy. Right. Brother and sister. But not identical. Neither are them, Jamil squeaks. Yeah, says Trey. I look like our dad. Dante looks like mom. Oh, Jamil says, proudly figuring it out. Brothers, just different colors. You've got it, little man, Trey says, grinning. End quote. So I like that part of the story because um, it, it's towards the it's towards the end, but uh, Dante and Trey, and with Trey being the fair-skinned presenting uh, brother, um, he's he's explaining the dynamics of race and colorism to the younger generation. Um, and it, the story is just fantastic y'all, but, um, I'm going to end with a quote by the fencing coach, um, that teaches Dante and Trey how to fence. Um, and I thought it was just a, a good, uh, sign off to kind of wrap up this conversation. Um, so here we go. Quote, be you, stay confident, visible, even if others can't see you, end quote. So like I said, I, I love this book, Black Brother, Black Brother by Joelle Parker Rhodes. Um, I definitely highly recommend it. Uh, if you have a middle schooler, high schooler, and honestly, if you're an adult, it's also a great read. Uh, I'm 29 and I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Um, I'm going to put the link to the book in the show notes. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, but until next time, thank you so much for listening and take care. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. The link is in this episode's show notes. Thanks in advance. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, it's free. They offer creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast 
so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Did I mention that you can make money from your podcast no matter the size of your following? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today.